Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you don't mind, Shippy, pull up some NFL music because our own Ben Rogers is going to take us through the NFL action of yesterday that was not Cowboys-related. Ah, yes. Let's do this now, guys, as we go around the NFL and we recap the games from the NFL as we're waiting for the internet to to internet. There we go. There it is. Love it when it does that. Let's now go around the NFL and and look at a a docket of games that that took place. Let's start with Panthers, Buccaneers, Panthers 37, Bucks 26. There is now talk that Cam Newton might get Romo'd. <laughs> Man, so we were speculating on this a couple weeks ago, just looking at basic math. And it's almost identical to the Romo situation in that no one sat there and thought, yeah, Kyle Allen's the quarterback of the future. He got the opportunity to play like Dak did and started delivering at a high enough level to where you go, why would I continue to pay the guy that's hurt all the time all this money? Now, no one thinks Kyle Allen's as good as Cam Newton. Just like at that time, no one thought Dak Prescott was as good as Tony Romo. But you can't pay a guy 20 something million dollars a year to be hurt when there's a guy at low wage that is filling in and you're still winning games. It's a tough decision for any organization to, to make. But, God, Cam Newton's body has got to be destroyed at this point. So Mike Sando had a thing where he asked three execs what they would do. Executive one said, slow play it, make sure Cam is healthy. Executive two says, give Cam a little more time to heal. Go with the hot hand. When they lose a game, they can make a change if they want. But it's hard to bench a guy playing that well. That's what <laughs> right. the Cowboys did at the time. <laughs> so that exec must have been Steven. Uh, executive number three <laughs> in this article says, you go back to Cam if healthy, it will cause a major distraction if you do not. Now, Cam's came out and said, I ain't coming back until I'm ready. Like, he's said, I'm taking my time. I hid this in, uh, injury from everyone. I shouldn't have done that. I've learned to get my stuff straight. So, you know. It, I, is, it makes no sense for anybody to play through an injury. Right. There's zero loyalty. It is a straight, cold business. And for Cam Newton, all those, every hit that he's taken, he took hit, so many hits for all those years. Yep. He was a freaking running back back there, a big physical runner. He wasn't getting any roughing the passer calls it either because he was so big. And for what? The minute they get a chance to replace you, they absolutely will. It's just the way it goes. So, man, I would advise uh, anybody in Cam's position, don't ever come back unless you're 100% because, bro, 
Uh, that loyalty you're showing the team will not be returned to you. Carolina four and two, now a better record than the Cowboys. Tampa two and four, right? Yeah, and last week I was like, oh yeah, James will get extended somewhere. He was, and horrible. he threw five interceptions yesterday out in London Town. Yeah. By the way, uh, the Bucks they, they lost even though they stopped Christian McCaffrey, arguably the MVP of the league. Twenty two carries for just thirty one yards. Wow. Didn't have a big day receiving either. I think he only had like fifty or sixty yards total. I would still give up a high asset for Sue. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. How high? You, you think that they're Sue away? I watched him yesterday a little bit, and I was like, "Hey, he still got it." I'd give up a second round pick for him. Oh, no! Get out of here! No, I would. What are you doing? Because I'm going to win a Super Bowl this year. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you in Damakong Sue away from winning the Super Bowl? I personally am. Can you get a safety and a linebacker and maybe a corner out of that deal? Also, there will be a huge ripple effect, and it'll be incredible. And this offense is going to be way better than it's. You know who wouldn't wouldn't Sue would probably be Garrett. Well, you know he what? probably he's, doesn't have he, a lot to say. He's gone. Let's find out if Lincoln Riley wants him. He'll, he's gone in the offseason. All right, let's move on to the next game. The Seahawks beat the Browns 32-28. to Russell Wilson is just freaking incredible. And it led to what may be the greatest photograph taken in all of sports this year, Skin. Yeah, Ben, I've retweeted it if you'd like to see it at Skin Wade. I just yanked it right out of the paper. But it's a handshake, which was the big controversy last week is – Richard Sherman totally misrepresented Baker's handshake, but it's Russell. He's still holding a football under his arm after the game because he loves football so much he can never put a football down. It's kind of like the kid that just dribbles a basketball until he gets into bed. Russell Wilson <laughs> holding a football, shaking <laughs> shaking Baker's hands, and Baker's looking off, and his body language is so terrible, and he's injured, and he had another bad game, and his world is collapsing around him, and he's about to go take the podium and blame the officiating. It's so great. It is so very, very good. It's interesting because you sit here and you look at what the Browns are dealing with. You have a first-time head coach who's also calling the plays. Your quarterback coach is Ryan Lindley, who's just out of the league, like kind of first-time quarterback coach. The OC, Todd Monken, has a lot of play-calling experience, but Freddie Kitchens is like, no, I'm calling the plays. Mm -hmm. No. It's very interesting. I don't know how any of this would be good for Baker uh, because they're struggling to get together. They did put up a good fight yesterday. A huge Nick Chubb fumble killed them. I love Uh, a huge You know, that was a game the Browns probably should have stolen, but they couldn't couldn't get over the Seattle and Russell Wilson making plays. And a huge loss for Seattle, though. I know we all kind of consider Seattle a really good team in the NFC. They lost their tight end, Will Disley, to a torn Achilles Ooh. in the end zone, which is shots fired at my fantasy team. But also, Disley was a ascending tight end, but slowly becoming a top five tight end in the league and uh, gone for the year with an Achilles. So, big, brutal loss for, for Seattle yesterday, despite getting the win in Cleveland. Did anybody see the pregame handshakes? I, I mean, we saw that post-game handshake, right? But yeah, it, I didn't see pre-game, it. Pre-game, I wanted to see if Baker went out there and made a mockery of it and overshook everyone's hands. Man, Baker really probably needs to pull back on any and all bits right now. Have we have we seen a health update on him? Like, is he fine? Or? Oh, he's fine. He okay. was trashing the officials or the referees after the game. He was doing that, but he also got hurt and was limping around and he's got okay. pulled. Okay. Um, he's okay. He's okay. Well, He's just, look, he's got a long, long way to go, man. Look, Lincoln Riley's offense can make you look a lot better than you really are. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm not saying that Baker's not going to be good. I'm just saying when crap falls apart in the NFL, it's harder to escape out of it. You know? And it's very easy to get away, away with that stuff in Oklahoma. All right. Let's move on to the next game. The Houston Texans of Houston beat the Chiefs 31-24. to How about that? 
Deshaun Watson got, got the win over Pat Mahomes. The Cowboys joined the Rams and the Chiefs as teams who haven't won the last three weeks. Um, Chiefs have got a... Yeah. They need to fire Andy well, Reid. And- I'm, I'm at the point of looking at them, and I know they've got a Thursday nighter coming up a short week. They probably can get away with, well, given their division not being very good, they could probably get away with benching Mahomes for a game. Their not defense benching, is really suspect, dude. I would, I would at some point highly consider Patrick Mahomes and maybe sitting him for a week because his ankle is jacked up, and yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Uh, their defense is... Really suspect, very, dude. You can run on them. You can run all over You them. can run on them. They kind of remind me of the Packers a little bit. They kind of live and die on the quarterback making plays. But that's the way they were last year, too. Yeah. Weren't they a bottom five defense last year? Uh, I'm not sure if they were bottom five, but It yeah. was pretty low. They were having, they were having trouble. Well, those, this those year. issues have continued. And the Texans, there you go. Texans were able to run the ball. They were able to protect Deshaun Watson. Whenever they do that, they win games. Whenever they don't do that, they lose games. It's very simple. We know what they are. Like... Uh, but I thought that was a big game for Houston to go into Kansas City, a tough place to play, and win that game. That told me a lot about Houston, man. I think they're now the third best team, clearly, in the AFC, and the Patriots and Chiefs are one and two. I think that's accurate. Tyree right. Kill's back, though. So. Oh, my God. Did y'all see his flip? Very yeah. impressive. God, it was like three flips, right? <laughs> what a ballet artist. Uh, let's move on to the toilet bowl and a battle of the worst teams on the planet. The Washington Redskins uh, beat the Dolphins 17-16, and to the Dolphins' credit, they went for the win. Love they went it. for the two-point conversion to win the game. They were either going to win or lose. They didn't want overtime. They did not want to tie. Guys, that's the way college football works. That was a really great moment. I mean, they win either way, right? Mm-hmm. If they get the two, they win, and that's great. And then they don't get the two, and they've maintained their perfect 0-16 uh, and 16 goal to ensure themselves of a high pick. I really loved you know, the play call in the huddle where Ryan Fitzpatrick said, to Kenyon Drake, hey man, I'm gonna zoom it. You just just drop it. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. They've told me. They've told me they will take care of it underneath the table. I'm gonna throw it real fast, so maybe they can kind of blame it on me. But you make sure you don't catch it. So Rosen uh, picked twice, sacked five times, benched in the game. So what is going on there? Like, is is it like look? A, he doesn't have a chance. So they put in Fitzpatrick. And look, let's be honest. They were trying to win the game. The Dolphins were trying to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was, but it's doing, okay a, I was doing a bit a minute ago. But uh, <laughs> uh, what's happening is they're just like, hey, man, we got a better chance to win with Fitzpatrick today. And they're probably going to go back and forth all year long. It's not going to be good for Rosen. It's not going to be good for him. It's just, it, it sucks, man. He's just in a bad spot. And they can eventually trade him mm-hmm. when they draft Tua or whoever they take. Right. Herbert. Someone will, someone will trade for him. Yeah. Yeah, this is rough. Rough one. Rough. I, I hate it when guys don't get a chance. Like at UCLA, didn't have a chance. Arizona didn't have a chance. Miami didn't have a chance. It's sad. All right, there it was. Part one of Around the NFL. Here's what we got coming up. Stephen Jones is going to join us at noon. You still have a chance to win $1,000 every hour. We haven't given away that chance this hour yet, so keep it tuned. We might do it now. Oh, we might go, do it. Do it, do it go. Might do it in the commercial break, oh. so don't ever leave under any circumstances. Coming up next, though, we'll continue to react to the Cowboys' loss. How big of trouble are the Cowboys in? Is it over, or are they just teetering on that ledge? We'll talk about that next on 105.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, let's get some reaction. If you want to call in, we will certainly honor that, 877-881-1053. That's also the Autoflex Leasing Fan Text if you want to text in, 877-881-1053. But we'll take some calls, but let's get some reaction. First, Ben, let's get some reaction from a young Cowboy fan. This is, I guess he's eight. This is circulating via Bleacher Report. It's going to be a little eight-second clip, and you're going to hear a kid and at the end of this clip, at first he appears to be trying to tackle a television with Garrett's face on it, and then he throws a plate at it. Listen to this clip. God, give me hurry, f- f- up. Fucking God, bro. <laughs> I guess that's a sister or a mom laughing at the end. Man, first of all, my kid dropping f bombs or, or cussing and then punching a TV. I mean, nope. dude, that ain't, that ain't happening on my watch. Nope. Uh, and we're going to deal with that with our own brand of home discipline. And if it's not well received, well, you can just go ahead and pack up. Well, you'll be heading to a military academy. <laughs> yeah, you want to see what life is really like? You want to see when it gets really difficult? We can make it difficult on you and see how you react to that adversity. I've thought about this before. I'm like, I wonder if my friends in law enforcement, if I ever need to play this card. Luckily, I haven't had to would come take my kids down to the jail. Oh, that'd be great. You know, just go ahead and take them to the jail, pop them in a cell for a few hours, have a big jacked-up guy in there ready to kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, listen, I did everything I could to help you, but you wanted to do it your way. Uh, you, you assaulted our TV, and that's a felony. So you're going to have to go to prison. Hey, we'll come by. We'll visit you every Christmas. We'll try. It's going to be hard to get up here, but good luck, man, with the rest of your life. I'm glad you did it your way. Right. Um, okay, now let's go to a more, I don't know, let's just say nuanced and reasoned uh, reaction to the game, and that is your owner, Jerry Jones. We got a couple clips from him after the game. By the way, 877-881-1053. A couple people are on hold. We, we will throw them in the mix if you want to call in. Uh, but here's just general reaction after the Jets lost clip t- uh, 21, Shippy. We just got to play better, and we didn't early. We came back. We That last quarter, that last ball was good play. But as far as uh, I haven't uh, even glanced there in my mind about uh, long-term future, I'm looking at futures next week against those Eagles. I'm looking next week against these, uh, against our division. We're far from, we're in great shape health-wise relative to other clubs. We're in great shape health-wise. Uh, Dak uh, took a real physical outing there tonight, but uh, we're in great shape, and we're going to stack up the good things and uh, we'll try to correct the bad things. That was across the board area that you can uh, to use a coaching term. Mr. Jones, you are not in great shape health-wise. Your quarterback may have somehow survived because he's tough as nails. <laughs> he got destroyed. He got hit eight times, and several of those picked up off the ground and body slammed into the turf. But you may be okay with him being okay today, but you're in big trouble. Amari's quad, that's a problem. I think they were saying after the game, he was talking about being in tremendous pain. This offensive line without Tyron and Lyell, so what? There's 64 starting tackles in the league. Pro Football Focus says the Cowboys, too, are in the top seven mm-hmm. of 64. Mm-hmm. That's the identity of your football team is the strength of your offensive line. And when you don't have Tyron and Lyell, you essentially are telling both opposing defensive ends, come meet at the quarterback. See which one of you can lift Dak up off the ground first. And it's a miracle he was only sacked one time. Yeah. 
Uh, I was surprised by that. He was so destroyed all throughout the game. God, he got beat up in this game. It's amazing that he didn't get killed uh, by one of those hits. I would, and Byron Jones got hurt too. So the whole point of this is you're building a team that's going to have a super top-heavy payroll because you, we all feel like, right, that to some degree, that these guys are worth this amount. Mari's worth being one of the highest-paid receivers. Zeke's one of the highest-paid running backs. Dak's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks. The offensive line, all those badasses near the top of the league in in compensation. Byron Jones, whether it's here or somewhere else, will be one of the top-paid corners in, in the league. And now you're saying you're going to miss Lyle, Tyron, Amari, and Byron? And God knows and what else? Yeah. Uh, man, you, you are not in good shape health-wise. In fact, outside of your crumbling defense... That's the biggest issue for this team right now is health. Yeah, and I and I I'm thinking he's probably thinking long term. I think we feel like Tyron will be back this week. We'll see. Maybe lie on a week or two. Obviously, if you're going to miss them for the remainder of the year, it just goes to show you how much it's going to hurt your offense. But here's the follow up question: Twenty two, Shippy, are you defeated going from three and zero to zero and three? The only way in the world to lose your last three and be three and three is to win the first three. I'm, I'm not trying to be trite, but that's how you go when you have played six games and lose your last three. How you do that is to win the first three and three. I'd rather do that than be 6-0 and when I've lost the first three, to be trite. Frustration is not uh, a productive thing here. Uh, we're looking for areas that we can uh, start better than we started tonight. We're looking for bad ways that we can uh, be and compete the way we did at the end of the game tonight. All right, so he's saying the right things there, Ben, because I, I do agree with all that, but I understand why the feeling would be it ain't changing. I understand that moment where you feel trapped in that uh, because it's hard to go to all those various examples where that doesn't have to be the case. It really comes down to, do you believe in, and maybe a lot of people out there never believed in this team. And if that's where you are, then obviously the last three weeks isn't going to change that for you. But if you believed in this team at one point, you can still find ways to still believe in this team. I'm looking up right now and the NFL Network is on, and it's why are the Eagles and Cowboys 3-3 three and three at the moment and both struggling. This game coming up Sunday night is going to be monumental in terms of the way you feel about the remainder of the season. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things I'm not willing to give up. I'm not, I'm not willing either. to quit and by any means. It would be so foolish to do that. In fact, you've pointed out they could lose their next two games and still be in the same exact situation they yeah. were last year. Yeah. And they could get really hot. I do think we're experiencing growing pains from Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore is in a situation where he's trying to guess and have the perfect play at the right time as opposed to, and this will drive people crazy, uh, just figuring out a way to establish the run and then lean on play action and get rid of the ball quickly. I, I, I just, man, I, I think anybody, I think experience matters. Experience really matters in the league. It, it matters in everything. And I think he's going through a little bit of growing pains. Now, is it because... There's clamps on this thing. There's a Garrett governor on it, maybe. Yes. Maybe it's because there's a Garrett governor on things and Kellen Moore's not able to go do what he wants to do. But really, at the end of the day, it's key plays that are that this thing is falling apart. It's third downs. It's I mean, look at the third and fourth down they went for. Those were bad play calls. Mm-hmm. Those were bad play calls mm-hmm. in those situations. Um, and so there's moments in these games where it's, it, it's just too close to where one ball pops off Amari's hands or – 
one bad thing happens and you can't overcome it because you're just failing in so many different areas. Right. I consider that there's holes in a boat and it's taking on water from a million different. If the defense was doing their job, then these situations on offense wouldn't be as big, right? It's hard to it's hard to have a team backed up to their eight and give up a 92-yard touchdown and be confident in the defense. <laughs> right. Or if the offense was just killing it, then maybe they could lift the defense a little bit. Or if both were doing well, maybe special teams would be hurting so bad. But it's like they're all kind of sharing in, in this, which is why it really comes down to Garrett, because he's in charge of it all. Somebody has to be accountable. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, though, the defense hasn't given up big plays all year long. Like that's not that's not something they do. It's something they did yesterday. Right. It's not something they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But I am. At, I mean, for me, and what I think about Kellen, I just refuse to believe at this point that he's a guy who would look at the numbers and look at the trends of the NFL and ignore it. The fact that they ran the ball seventeen times on first down yesterday, mm-hmm. RJ had the stat. Right. Is ridiculous. I, I mean, agree. That is an unreal stat, and that is. I mean, that Don't, is that's that stat should strike fear into the bones of every Cowboy fan out there that they're just not getting it because I I hope I don't think Kellen's a guy who believes in that. I think Kellen did what he had to do. Let's do this. Let's tease that question for 12 o'clock with Stephen Mm -hmm. Jones. Let's ask Stephen about that. He's going to talk about going into meetings, but they've been in meetings the last two weeks. Didn't they have to run the ball more, though, yesterday? Because they couldn't. It was just they were having an impossible time getting anything going. Both tackles being out. Finally, in the second half, they started running the ball. And they ran well. And they well. started moving it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. Early on, if you're just going to hand the ball off in first down and get nothing, you're better off passing. And Romo's breaking it down. But later in the game, I felt like it's the only reason the offense got going at all. And, Ben, uh, you know, you guys know how I felt when they were down there and went for it on fourth down because I thought they thought they weren't going to be moving the ball because of those injuries. But maybe not. Maybe maybe Steve and I have something to say about this. But, what if KT took us to an impromptu version of? Tell us what you're thinking. You up right. for that? Tizzle? Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to who want to voice some opinion. Let's go to Sam in Dallas, line two. Sam, tell us what you're thinking. Hey guys, uh, I appreciate uh, let me come on here. I, my my comment is just real quick. We're starting off extremely sloppy and, and extremely slow, and it's, it seems progressively over each game. I know each game is different, but that we, we, we don't actually get going until later and later and later in the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating as a fan because you, you want to see them succeed early on, but it just seems like we wait until the very last minute to, to really start getting anything going. I think that's a really fair criticism because that is a six-game sample size. And uh, I remember when we were doing the Cappy, uh, Cappy, <laughs> the Cowboy Happy Hour and Lindsey Draper was like, you know, we were going into, I guess that was the Packer game. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, this trend of starting slow, that's going to that's gonna bite you at some point. And it doesn't bite you against Miami and Washington and New York. But now they've played three st- straight teams where they're like, okay, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and spot us, we'll make it really difficult on you. Well, listen to what Travis said, too. Travis yeah. talked about the adjustments they made. So they're better. Kellen Moore appears to be better at adjustments than Jason Garrett. In the past, Cowboys were not good at adjustments. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're not good with their game plan heading into the game. And on both sides of the ball, I mean, I truly believe the defense needs that overhaul and updating. I mean, Marinelli, come on, man. That same thing over and over again. And, you know, to, to hear... All right, here's the analysis. Uh, the Cowboys came up and they did exact Sam Darnold. The Cowboys did exactly what we thought they'd do. They do what they always do. That's pretty much who they are. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Mm-hmm. And listen to Romo when he's talking about, 
All right, this is a, an edgy defensive coordinator. He's going to make life tough on you all night. That's a veteran quarterback telling you how difficult it is when you can't predict what the hell's about to happen. Right. Meanwhile, the Cowboys were as predictable as they could possibly be. Long story short, maybe the Cowboys are just bad with their game plans heading into the game. Let's go to James in Dallas. James, tell us what you're thinking. Uh, you know, I was expecting to hear the typical Jason Garrett speech where he says, we're just going to learn from this, we're going to learn from this, move on. And I told somebody all the times he said that, he ought to have about half a dozen PhDs in coaching football, but I don't even think he has a GED as far as that goes. And Zeke Elliott, $90 million since he got his payday, he hasn't done anything. Zeke is not the problem. Zeke is not a problem, James. I mean, you can disagree with the contract, but I agree with you on the Garrett thing. How many times are we going to have to learn from this stuff? But Zeke's not the problem. I get listen. I I it, I guess this is we're all talking about the same things. We're yeah. presenting them in different ways. But I don't think you know. I hear people say, "Man, Garrett doesn't understand this stuff." Garrett absolutely understands this stuff. He disagrees with it, and he is in charge. <laughs> it's not that he doesn't understand it. He hears what you're saying. He disagrees with it. He believes in this. And he thinks this is what got him to where he is, and he's going to ride or die with this. Do you know who else can kind of fall in line with that? We're having the same conversation a minute ago about Marinelli. Marinelli's like, boys, I want a Super Bowl this way. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and put Warren Sapp out there and watch what happens, or put Brooks out there and watch what happens. Ain't like it used to be. It ain't man. like it used to be. And it's, you can call it ego or stubbornness or whatever. They're not not understanding what you're saying. They're saying, that's cool, but this is how it works because we've seen this work. <laughs> Let's right. go. Hey, can I say this too? <laughs> yes. uh, I, it's I don't think it's Zeke. I mean, we can talk about the guys we don't think it is. I don't think it's Zeke. I don't think it's Dak either. I thought Dak was good yesterday. Yeah. People will want to come out and trash Dak today. Are you serious? He only took one sack under pressure the entire day, getting out game planned without Cooper. How and many, they still had a shot in that. I'm not at all saying any of that's on Dak. I'm with you. And he had some high throws. High throws happen when you're about to get destroyed. Like, I would, I would look, no one's going to do it. Go watch Tom Brady against the Bills. That team didn't score a touchdown. Brady didn't look no. good because their defense was awesome. And so do you know how hard it is when you have both tackles missing and then you lose your number one receiver in the first five minutes of the game and then you have three to four to five drops? That starts getting really difficult. Oh, and then let's mix in some penalties. Oh, and let's score a touchdown and have it called back on a bad play. There was a lot of things mm-hmm. working against Dak. He was not the problem. They called penalties on six consecutive plays, I think, or five consecutive. It was ridiculous. So wild. And then they ran out of flags. It's like they're not, they throw the flag and that somebody would run off the field, and at the end, they didn't have any flags left. How was that not interference on the two point conversion? It oh, looked like it, it was. It was in the five yard. Period. Was it within if you look five? Where Jason was. Jason was a yard into the end zone. And they're on so the you, ball. Snap so two. you can just do whatever you want you while the pass them. is on the way. Well, I not while think not, that's right. not while the pass is on the way. You can you can, you gain, can body up. You can engage within five yards, but once the pass is on the way, you can't still grab a dude. You know, I thought, that's pass interference. I thought that felt very rushed. And if you're going to burn your time out. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, stupidly burn your time out. I agree. Then you should probably, if you're not ready to go on the two point conversion, burn it. Because if you look at that, they all ran stop routes. All five guys ran stop routes. Because wow. they, they motioned Zeke out, so they were empty. 
So they had Witten lined up at tight end. They had two wide receivers to the left, two wide receivers to the right. They all ran stop routes. That is Linehan, man. Can, can I ask you? That can, is isolated. That is horrible. KT, you watch most Packer games, correct? Mm-hmm. Would you like to address this on the Autoflex leasing fan text? Aaron sure. Rodgers doesn't throw high balls when he's getting hit. Yeah, he does. Okay. Oh, yeah, he does. Just want to remind you, everybody, that the, the problems the Cowboys have are all over the league. The, and one of the funniest things you'll hear someone say is, Boy, this quarterback's not the same when he gets pressure. That's every quarterback in the history of football. They're not the same player when they're getting pressure and getting hit as when they're in a clean pocket. There's no quarterbacks that exist that always throw the same pristine ball no matter what the circumstances are. We have a bunch of people wanting to weigh in. Can we uh, keep going? Well, no. Can we do an official tell us what you're thinking tomorrow? Okay. Like, like everyone get a day. Sleep on it. Yeah. And maybe tomorrow at 120, you guys good with that? Yeah. I'm cool with that. Tomorrow at 120, we're going to let you guys call in and tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you're thinking. Stephen Jones is going to tell us what he's thinking coming up at noon. We got an audio drive through coming your way next. You don't want to miss any of this audio. Uh, fantastic stuff from the game. We got to listen to what Romo was talking about. That's next on 105.3 The Fan. Also, if you missed the big announcement during Crosstalk, Faniversary is going down, baby. Girl. It's happening at Texas Live. That's where we did it last year, and it was a heck of a lot of fun. It is a huge event, and we always have a lot of fun. We're doing it from 12 to 4. And, you know, Texas Live, KT, I know you've been there for college football Saturdays. So I didn't even look at the schedule, but there's going to be great games on. We have special guests, including Jalen Smith of the Dallas Cowboys will be there. Uh, We're going to have all representation from all the teams in town, all the fan hosts there. It's a fan to come out. There's tons of great beer and tons of great food, and it's just an awesome afternoon. I've looked at this college football schedule for that day, and it's a very spicy schedule. I'll Ooh, say that. Girl. And last year, one of the great improvised things that happened is there's a little basketball goal out back. You can actually go out and shoot some hoops with some of your fan guys if you want to. Maybe you've got a huge game of horse going on or something. That's where we discovered that uh, Big Dong Jeremy was a great outside yeah. shooter. Uh, so, anyways, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And make plans to be there. Final Saturday. What is that? The twenty sixth. Yeah. Is that the actual? And it's day? free. Big it's guest. Free. Ed Belfour will be there. I might. Uh, I might do a toast with Ed Belfour. He's going to stand on his head. Yeah. Charles Haley, <laughs> a Mystery Rangers guest. Oh my There's god. Be lots of good stuff there. It's going to be so great. So we will see you there. All right. Uh, one of the aspects of watching yesterday's game was the audio that went along with it. Whether it was Romo and Nance talking about it or whatever. And, been here to kind of guide us through all of that is KT Fun Tweets. We're going to go chronological right here. we got six cuts, all right? Romo, first quarter, issuing Cowboys fans a warning about the Jets. For Dallas, at 3-2, and two, they're still a really good football team. This is a very big game. I'm down in Dallas right now. This is feels like a must win, and nothing this early absolutely is. But for them to come out the way they did has ramped up the expectation so high, as it should. This team is very talented. A scary opponent with a quarterback you haven't seen on tape right now. And I believe this is actually going to be tougher for Dallas than the fans and people know because this is a tough schematic game from a defensive side. I think that Greg Williams has a way of pressuring quarterbacks who haven't seen his system a lot, and that's going to be tough. Yeah, that was Nailed for- it. <laughs> foreshadowing of what was about to happen. And people always talk about Romo, how good he is at, as one play is happening right before the play, predicting what's going to happen. Well, he just predicted the what was going to happen in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back to UKT. You were right. They're you know they're better than I was giving them credit for. They're better than any other zero and four team. And dude, Sam Darnold looked really good. He did. 
He looked really good. Like they're in good hands with their quarterback. And, you know, you may have this audio. Romo pointed out the difference Sam Darnold makes, like 10 point difference. So yeah. you guys realize the only game that Sam Darnold played was against Buffalo? Yeah. And we've ta- I was just telling Buffalo's you guys what Tom Brady looked like against Buffalo. I mean, that was a that was a really impressive performance by Sam Darnold. You called that. There that was no- his best game ever, though. They like, were- that's the first time he's ever done anything in the NFL. But, you know, when but- you're on a really bad team, you're going to have a lot of bad games. And the pickup that he is compared to Luke Falk yep. is so huge, and it lifts everyone else up. And you know? we saw on the 92-yard touchdown, that receiver's dynamic. We know Le'Veon Bell is good. So Crowder's good. I think I was probably wrong in predicting the Cowboys would win 31-6. to I think I had that slightly wrong. Second quarter, Romo on the Cowboys offense. And this offense is, is dynamic. There's really no weakness in any one spot. They're trying to throw the ball down and get it, and they are. I would like to see them get a little more situational as far as on the road, pressure times, not. They've had a lot of success. Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore. I see a lot of Jason Garrett's footprints in this offense. I actually think not everyone sees it, but this is going back to an 07 9. 07 and 09. Did you guys go back and look at their offenses that year? No. Is he referring to? Because I, th- I thought those were eight and eight years. I, th- I thought that was like when Garrett first took over. Or no, that 07-09 would be when Garrett was the offensive coordinator and Wade was the coach, I believe. 07 09 I think is what he was saying. Yeah. So when I first heard it, I thought, okay, fingerprints or footprints on the offense, he's taking a shot at Garrett. I now can tell you he was not. He was not taking a shot at Garrett. He was he was he was not. He should he have. simply was not. That's not what he <laughs> that's not what he was trying to accomplish there. Oh seven, they were thirteen and three. Yeah. Uh 08, they were nine and seven. And then the next oh nine, was- they were eleven and five. In fact, that's yeah, that's last year that they'd won three straight uh, winning seasons before. Were the they last airing it out? Let's see. Mm-hmm. We got Yeah. Yeah, they were throwing a lot. Because I remember they Yanked the wheel. They were second in points in 07. They're 18th in points in 08. Okay. But, yes. That 13-3 and three team had a great defense, too. Those were Wade Phillips' type. Yeah. So he was saying 07, 08, 09? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what he was saying? Yeah, that's what he was yes. saying, 07 to 09. He's saying that's what kind of the offense, okay. they're hearkening back to that offense. Garrett's well, first years as offensive coordinator. In 2007, Romo threw the most touchdowns he ended up throwing for his whole career. He threw 30, 36 touchdowns. Um, so now we go to a little bit later in the second quarter. Tell me if you guys are concerned about the defense after hearing this. Is Richard's scheme outdated, guys? Listen to Tony from the broadcast yesterday. It's interesting with Richard. He was on that staff, and the defensive backs coach for Pete Carroll, the Legion of Boom, that went against Adam Gaze, the coordinator for John Fox in Denver, in the Super Bowl in this stadium that Seattle won decisively 43 to 8 that was before everyone knew how to go against that coverage it was uniquely special time you had talented players with a new coverage that the nfl hadn't figured out yet and they ran it on every play that's the amazing part now first and foremost byron cheeto xavier jeff Heath are not cam chancellor earl thomas richard sherman okay we yep. are, so let's i want to be fair right but tony talking about at the time not teams weren't running cover three. Cowboys run cover three more than any other other coverage. Mm. And he was talking about how they Seattle does it did it every single play. Had great athletes were able to make it work. That's first and foremost. They get credit for that. But like five six years down the road now, that Super Bowl was twenty thirteen Super Bowl. Six years down the road now, teams have adjusted and have learned 
how to kind of play that defense, just like teams adjusted and learned how to play the Tampa 2 defense that Tampa Bay and Baltimore were running in the early 2000s. Okay, isn't, though, the number one thing about being effective, aside from running it all the time and understanding that, isn't the number one thing with cover three to have one singular badass safety that allows your cornerbacks to be super aggressive and press? Because you have Earl Thomas back up back there sweeping up every single problem? Yes. Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor were perfect because Cam Chancellor was like another linebacker coming up and playing in the box. Yeah. And the Cowboys tried to just kind of interchange Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods because neither one of them are great at what they do. They're very good at what they do and get mm-hmm. down and do both. But they're not great at that one thing. Earl Thomas could clean up anything. You know, Xavier Woods can't clean up anything yet. I think this, this guy's... Dude, sky's the limit for Xavier Woods. I'm still comfortable with Xavier Woods. Uh, like, well, not, uh, what has he done? But no yeah. teams are throwing deep on the Cowboys. What? Yesterday was the first time we've even seen a, a really like 50 yard throw against the Cowboys. I don't know. Teams uh, aren't throwing the ball maybe. down the field. I, maybe, maybe, maybe. But that was look. look we came into the season. He was a guy who had an incredible camp, and he was this was going to be his breakout year. He hadn't done anything yet. He really he had an interception pop out of his hands. They <laughs> had mean, that, yeah. This this. Everybody on this defense is suspect right now. But think about this. The Packers didn't throw the ball down the field. They had four completions to wide receivers. That's true. We saw Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints. They didn't allow a touchdown. They did not throw the ball down the field. He didn't throw the the ball down the field against anyone. The Dolphins the week before that. Redskins, Giants with Eli. Those are all terrible teams with terrible quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. Is Yesterday's play was the first time a team had really challenged the Cowboys down the field all year long. And it worked because they identified that Jeff Heath was playing free safety. That's what I think happened. Cheeto got tied up in knots. I'm just saying, now is not the time to step to the podium and crown Xavier Woods with anything. Nobody on this defense deserves a lot of love right now. But I don't think Xavier's done anything to make you like go, oh, he's not the guy. Like he's identified as the free safety. No, he's a right now. He's a player in the league. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was coming into the year. That's what he was well, coming, coming into the year. It was going to be his breakout year. He's going to be a freaking pro bowler. Things were a lot better six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I uh, loved him during the first three weeks, including the game he missed. Let's go to the crowd at halftime show. Bill Cower. I look at the Dallas Cowboys. They're, they're playing uninspired football. I look at that sideline. I see no energy. I see no emotion. And I have to question, honestly, seven, and, seven to three, fourth down and two. You're inside a 10-yard line. You kick oh. the field goal at seven, six. You go for it. You get stopped. Next play, 92 yards. And I'm amazing emotional swing right there again you can't let the frustration enter in your decision making you take the field goal right there you make it seven six it's gonna be that one of those games that you have to find a way to win that's interesting i didn't hear that so usually coaches get other coaches backs like the first thing they say is that's a well-coached team over there yeah they're really well coached because you're getting your own industries back he straight up tried to assassinate garrett there he said there's no energy. They they don't they're not buying in, basically. They're lifeless on the sideline. They're not inspired or motivated. That's your head coach's job. And what a terrible coaching decision to uh go for that fourth down and not take that field goal. That was a coach drive by, man. It was. But try to take out Garrett. But the last time Coward coached, no one ever went for anything on fourth down. That's true. But, but also, I, hey, I, Bill might be going, hey man, this cowboy job might be opening up. Uh, he's so far removed. Please don't <laughs> come back. I um I I personally would have taken the field goal there because you guys know how much importance i place on having the ball to start the second half i would have gone fine let's be seven let's let's go seven to six and let's kick the ball to them see if they can drive down the field on us i would have probably played it that way but i'm not i don't think it's the end of the world terrible decision i didn't have a hard opinion a lot of times in situations like that you have a hard opinion right right there i was like okay whatever 
Yeah. Can field goal or go for it. I'm okay with both. Like, but whatever. It, but it but it does it changes because like okay, the idea of going for it there, okay. You need better play calls. Yeah. The play call on third down, which was the Garbage. same old let's run it up the gut against this stack box is what it felt like. Horrible. But and then I mean, you don't even give yourself much of a chance. Uh, and so going for it, having the balls to go for it, go for it, but go for it with some creativity. Put the defense on their heels. It just felt like the Jets dictated everything, and the Cowboys were on the run the whole time. It's felt that way for three straight weeks. Sure has. Uh, fourth quarter. No, no, no. This is coming out of the half. This is coming out of the half. Uh, what? Hey, Tony, what do you need to do to get back in the game? Here's what Romo said. No, this is one of those games where – Greg Williams is going to pressure you. He's going to change it up in the second half. And I think the Cowboys need to be aggressive on first down. They ran the ball 17 times on first down. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like every first down in the second half they ran the ball. Yeah. Uh, they just, And it was 2.9 yards per carry. Setting up a lot of second sevens, second sixes, mm-hmm. second eights. It's, it, you can't do that. You can't win in the league like that offensively. You cannot do that. And that's what they chose to do. Lastly, Romo third quarter during that drive and they imposed their will on that drive it kind of looked like the old cowboys they ran it a bunch i think zeke got seven carries on that drive uh this is where romo talks about garrett seemed this seeming like a like this was a garrett offense zeke bang back after reaching the six we'll see where they're relying on though this is the head coach coming in and being like i want to run the football with these guys right now what is that the sixth carry on this drive already it is and they've had the football for over six minutes. And that's their identity. The, the one thing is, you know, as Dak has continued to evolve and he's throwing the ball good, and it feels good to have big plays. It's a great thing. Their identity is running the football, play action. So it feels like the head coach. So it feels like the head coach coming out and saying, we want to run the ball a lot. Just fine. Situationally, it's not the number of carries. It ain't none of that stuff. It's all about situational. The Jets knew every time the Cowboys are going to run the ball on uh, first down. They knew I, it. I also think they were. I, I hear you, and I'm not arguing with that. It. I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. But I think they kind of had to do it. They were in preservation mode to some degree. It was the only thing that brought calm back to the game. And, and you know, when you're missing two tackles and you're missing Amari Cooper, that's a lot to right. try to overcome. Yeah. Let's ask Stephen Jones these questions. Let's see what he thinks about all this. Coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.